All right, welcome back to another episode of Petty's Pod. Um, taking a break from the lunchroom this week and going straight into Premier League talk. Uh, starting up this weekend, so got to do a quick a quick Premier League pod. Will Franzen coming on the podcast once again. We got team of the season. We also got predictions, uh, and we discuss each team's off season. So should be a fun one. Hope you stay tuned in, and uh, let's get straight into it. <laughs> All right, welcome back into the studio. We got Will with us once again. What's going on, Will? What's up? So like I said in the intro, uh, pre-Pem pod, um, always great when the Premier League comes back, but this year it's coming back a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, Arsenal-Crystal Palace first game Friday. Uh, lots to talk about. We'll talk about uh, who we think will be the team of the season, uh, who's had the best offseason. It's been pretty chaotic today. Um, predictions, yeah, and our top six predictions. So let's get straight into it. Let's start with off season because that's most relevant right now. Before we start, uh, we were talking about this for at least an hour before. You know, if you if you listen to Will and I's pods for uh, before, you know that we're Chelsea fans, and Chelsea's been all all in the news this whole transfer window um, with good signings, and then the rest are just rumors that have been going on all summer. And then today, we get the biggest the. Uh, the Adrian Wojnarowski of soccer, Fabrizio Romano, tweets out that Cucurella is a Cucurella is a done deal from Brighton, the left back, and then uh, he retracts that for the first time in in history. So, Will, I know you're pretty mad about that, but what what are you thinking about Chelsea's off season right now? I absolutely love our off season so far. Bully's been making some moves under the radar, um, and people were kind of questioning if he was going to come in and spend as much as Abramovich did, but. Um, he certainly backed up what he said at the beginning of the summer, which is he's going to pour over 200 million euros into this Chelsea squad. So I'm very pleased so far. I agree, but that's enough about Chelsea. We'll, we'll talk about them actually in a little bit. But um, moving on to our off-season rankings, a little bit more interesting. We're going to rank one through four, because uh, this is a Premier League podcast, of the teams in the Premier League who's had the best off-season so far. So, well, I'll let you start off. Who do you have at one? Chelsea. I just think, the, first of all, we've had no one uh, leave, no one significant leave besides Lukaku, but that was kind of a win-win. I think when you're looking at an offseason, you have to look at both who's coming in and who's leaving. So Chelsea haven't had any major key players leave. And then we brought in three very, very solid players in Koulibaly, Sterling, and Kukurea. Um I know Spurs have signed six players. They lost Bergwijn, but... I don't think they're at the quality of Chelsea signing, so that's why I would have Chelsea at one. And Chuck Wameka, the guy. And Chuck Wameka and Gabriel Slonina. And Chelsea's window is far from over yet as well. Um, there's a bunch of targets still on the board, and we're linked with a bunch of players. So by the end of it, it might be very clear who had the best offseason. I'm actually going to disagree as a Chelsea fan too. Um, I still don't want to count. I just still don't want to say Kukurel is a Chelsea player yet. Um, after what's been going on but um so for me i have tottenham at at one uh, i think that the amount of players they've signed is actually very impressive for a first year head coach as well and conte first full season as head coach bring in uh langley in the back solid center back and they need a center back i'm just looking at this this list of players that they signed i'm seeing players like uh that fit their team as well they needed a a dominant midfielder basuma great signing um last year everyone was very high on him and Seems like Liverpool came very close to signing him. Uh, Richarlison, you know, maybe I think I don't really like Richarlison that much, but he can back up back up Kane to be honest, because um, Kane's getting into his later years. 
Um, those are those are the significant ones, and then you got guys like Perisic who can fill in that Bergwijn role and back up uh, Hyun Ming Son, who, and he's also getting into his later years. But uh, for me, it's it's Tottenham at one, and they only lost Bergwijn, who's not that that very key of a player. And and going back to January as well, they brought in Kulaveski, who was great for them the rest of the season, and Bentancur to fit into the midfield. So for me, for me, Tottenham's one. All right, moving on then. So we have I have Chelsea best offseason, second Spurs, and then third I would have Man City. Um, they've only brought in three players, but again, three really quality players in Holland, Calvin Phillips, and Julian Alvarez. Um, they did lose Zinchenko and Sterling to Premier League teams, which hurts them a little bit. But the, like regarding the players they brought in, there's no questioning their quality. My second is Chelsea, who Will talked about, um, so we don't need to talk about them anymore. But I will agree with Will. The quality of Chelsea's signings has been great. Um, even though it's not like young, up-and-coming guys um, on the verge for Chelsea, it's still very like proven. One, one Sterling is a proven Premier League player, which Chelsea hasn't, haven't signed in a while. Um, you look at Chelsea's recent big, big signings, uh, you know, Werner, Havertz, Pulisic, they've all, they've all needed to adapt it to the Prem. And they haven't done it very well, to be honest. So it's it's good to see them sign someone who's proven themselves in Premier League environment. And then Koulibaly has been class the past like five six years at Napoli, and uh, we've actually been wanting to sign him for a while. But this year we got it done, and it's it's looking good, especially after ru- losing Rudiger. I forgot about losing Rudiger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, but Koulibaly replaces him, which is a good replacement. Um, and then I'm actually. I'm actually going to agree with Will. Um, I'm going to go City at third, City third with Holland Phillips and uh, Julian Alvarez, who's a young winger. Um, he'll replace Sterling, but the City team doesn't really need much other than like Phillips won't get into the team much in the Premier League, in my opinion. When you have Rodri and then uh, De Bruyne and Bernardo ahead of him, and then Holland is really the only player they needed because you look at they have so much depth in each position, but except except the true striker, and then they bring in. Top, probably a top five striker in the world, especially last year. Mm-hmm. So, th- so City third, and then I ha- I have Liverpool fourth. Uh, you know they didn't make that many signings. They did lose uh, Sadio Mane. Um, I know Will Will disagrees with me, but they they brought in Darwin Nunez, who played one game, one competitive game, and scored a goal and got them a trophy already. So, I have Liverpool at four. Yeah, I'm not that high on Darwin Nunez. I I think he's a nice player. Um, but I think Liverpool's offseason is a net negative after losing Mane because I don't think Nunez is anywhere near world-class right now. Um, so I would put Arsenal as the fourth-best transfer window, bring in Jesus, Sinchenko, um, and a couple other a couple other like rotation pieces um, without losing anyone very significant. So um, Arsenal are looking scary this year, and then I would put Liverpool five and Obviously, Man United in sixth place, um, only bringing two signings so far, and obviously the whole Frankie De Jong transfer saga is getting pretty old now, and he might not even go to Man U. So, um, yeah, that's our rankings for off season. It's been uh, there hasn't been that many huge signings in the Premier League other than Holland and Holland and Nunez were the most expensive, but there's been a lot of signings that could impact teams like Jesus to Arsenal, like Will just said, um, and then the two Chelsea guys. So, moving on, we'll go into uh, our top six rankings right now. So, I guess, I guess we'll just get straight into it. Will, you want to start us off? 
Yeah, I have Man City repeating as champions next year. Um, with with the addition of Holland, like they're the same team but better. Um, if if Grealish takes a step forward in replacing Sterling's role, and also I don't think there's a team on City's level to really contend with them. Second, I do have Chelsea um, with the signings they brought in. I think Liverpool have fallen off quite a bit. Uh, third, Liverpool. Fourth, Spurs. Fifth, Arsenal, and sixth, Manu. So, I'm gonna agree with Will with the with the City take. It's kind of obvious, you know. Will and I talked at the beginning of the season uh, when Rafinha, or beginning of the off season when Rafinha was close to Chelsea. We thought Chelsea. Will thought uh, Chelsea was gonna make a big step and maybe go for second, maybe a title charge. But I just don't see anyone beating City like Will said. Um, like he said, like they're the same team with with a better striker, which is which is scary. So I have them repeating. Um, and then I'm going to actually go with Liverpool second. I think the one problem they could have, uh, of course, injuries, but a chemistry problem with between Nunez, uh, Diaz, and Salah, and also Jota, because one of them isn't going to play every game. Um, and they're very, like, I, I feel like they're very cocky players, especially Salah. He needs his goals and assists, and I think that Nunez and Diaz coming in could, could take that away from him, and that there could be a chemistry problem there. But I still have them second just because of their attack, and they still have the best defender in the world, which people seem to forget about always, uh, Van Dyke. Um, and then third, I'll ha- I have Chelsea. You know, I had them at third last year too, which is where they should have finished. But you know, they 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 were they were not great last year. Um, but I have them at third because you know Koulibaly comes in and replaces Rudiger, good replacement. Um, you have Sterling, a true winger. Which I've said all summer, Will, is, uh, the, which is the one thing we really needed from this transfer window. Proven Premier League player. Um, I think Mount takes a leap this year. I think Pulisic needs to take a leap this year for his career. Um, if Conte can stay healthy, we, we could make that title charge, but I don't see us passing City. Um, I do. I could see us passing Liverpool, though. Um, and then fourth, I got Tottenham. I think they got a lot better this offseason, improving at uh, many positions. Um, and then Arsenal and Man United. I think Man United's a lock for sixth. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I mean, maybe seventh or below. I think. I think City is on in a tier of their own, and then Chelsea, Spurs, and Liverpool are kind of on the same tier. And then Arsenal's a tier below, and then Man U's a tier below that. I could definitely see a team like West Ham, maybe Austin Villa with with Gerrard and, and an up and coming squad, and then maybe even like Leicester comes back this year. Um, I can definitely see them finishing outside. Uh, European play. Even even Newcastle, if they make signings towards the end of this transfer window, and then uh, some January signings as well, and they can they could definitely finish top eight. Yeah, so I don't really see Man United having that that big of a season with the offseason that they've had. Um, so that's our top six rankings. Uh, we could talk about who's getting relegated, but that's kind of irrelevant. And you know, we could see Jay Ling's go down. <laughs> no, for a stay All right. Um. Uh, we're gonna move on to who we think will be the uh, the predicted f- the team of the season for the Premier League next year. Right now, moving on to uh, team of the season, predicted team of the season. Um, I'll start us off. I've got Ederson in goal. I know Will heavily disagrees with that. I don't understand why. Um, I'd honestly put Mendy over his pick, just because you have to think about when you're making a team of the season. You're thinking for especially for goalie, who has the most shutouts and who has the best defense. It's City. They got Diaz, Cancelo, um, all four of their players um, are, are very good at the back, and they have depth too. So I think Ederson will have the most sh- the most shutouts, which means he will be the best goalie or, or team of the season goalie next year. 
Allison is the best goalie in the Premier League, and it's not that close. So he will get team of the season. You you can't say that he is that Ederson has a better defense as a reason to why he should make team yeah, of the season. Yeah, because there's going to be more shutouts. Okay, but you're looking at individual players, and Allison is a far superior goalie than Ederson is, and he made it last year comfortably. All right, moving on. Um, we'll start with uh, right back. Uh, I got to go with my boy, Reese James. Uh, honestly, my good friend, uh, CJ, CJ Feldman, who's been on the podcast, we debate a lot. He's a Liverpool fan. Uh, the Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James debate. It's not a debate. It's not a debate. It's not a debate, and it's not close. He's the best right back in the world. Let's move on. Yeah. Will, all right, by that, Will also has Reese James as the team of season right back for next year, especially if he stays healthy. He would have been last year, yeah. but he wasn't healthy. Um, and then the two center backs for me, uh, Van Dyke, best center back in the world, and then uh, Koulibaly. I just think that because he'll be very consistent over the amount of games he'll get for Chelsea next year because, honestly, we don't have that much depth at the center back position, especially playing three CBs. Um, so I think Koulibaly can, can sneak into the team this season with the amount of playing time he'll get. I have Van Dyke as well, and then I'm picking Christian Romero as my other center back. He was world-class last year for Spurs. I know I'm going to have a lot of people saying Diaz or um, Laporte or Matip or even Koulibaly. I think Koulibaly will have Ortiz Silva if he plays enough. I think Koulibaly will have a tough time adjusting to the Premier League at the start of the season. At the start of the season. Okay, relax. At the start of the season um, and also fitting into Tuchel's three-back system. Um I I I've watched him before. I've watched I've watched him before. Okay. Um. And then left back, we both have Cancelo. No debate. There's like, like maybe Kukurea, but right now Cancelo. Kukurea to Barca. Here we go. <laughs> um. Uh, I have to say something about the Romero pick. I I heavily disagree with that. You literally named like world class. How many times did you watch Christian Romero last year? Tottenham? How many times did I watched Tottenham? Yeah. Not that many. Exactly. He was literally world class last year. Okay, uh, I play FIFA, and I know he's like class in FIFA. That's all I know about him. Um, and then if you're saying he's world class, I definitely would have known more about him. But uh, he was a good signing for them last year, and they needed him. But you literally were like, oh, maybe you could go with this guy and this guy. Those, everyone you named, like Thiago Silva, Matip, Koulibaly, Diaz, Laporte, all of those guys are miles ahead of Romero. You literally just said you only know him from FIFA. That's a bad take. That's a bad take. If you watch he's him... He's not on the level of any of those other Yes, he is. Yes, he is. If you watch him, you would know. He is world class. And people have been saying that. All right, moving on. Um, so now we're into the midfield three. Uh, we'll start at CDM. Uh, I have N'Golo Kante. Um, I think it's the safe pick just because if he stays healthy, he's the best. He's the best CDM in, in the world, um, let alone the Premier League. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I just don't know with um, if he'll get enough game time due to his age and squad rotation and things like that. And also last, la- also last year he had a really slow start to the season. So um, obviously Conte at his peak is the best, but I have to go with Rodri from Man City. Uh, he sh- he was robbed last year. He should have made it last year. And, um, even though Calvin Phillips has come in, I still think he'll be the- he'll be their starter all year. So I got to go with him. Yeah, I feel bad for Calvin Phillips. Class player, uh, and Rodri's just world class. That's the difference. Um, 
I'll, we'll go we'll go to the next center mid who we'll start with uh, my my kind of a hot take but not really Mason Mount even though he doesn't really play center mid for Chelsea he's still he's still his best position is attacking mid um, so I'm gonna go with him just because I think that uh, his mentality is the best at Chelsea because he's gonna come in he's gonna see Sterling and he's gonna see Pulisic's determination and Warner and Havertz their drive to get better and I think Mount is just gonna blow them all out and I think he's gonna have a, one a breakout season if he hasn't had one already. And then uh, I think he could go for at least 10 and 10 this year, 10 goals, 10 assists. So I have Mount as my other center mid for team this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at that pick. I do love Mason Mount, but I'm going to go with another Chelsea midfielder in Mateo Kovacic. He, like, when he plays, he, he can be the best midfielder in the Prem outside of De Bruyne. Um, like, when he plays, he's world class. All he needs to do is stay healthy, and then I think he could easily walk into the team this season. So I'm going to go in the midfield with Rodri, Kovacic, and De Bruyne, who we both agree on. Yeah, just on Kovacic, I know a lot of people uh, disagreed with me last year. I got uh, Some people talked to me at school last year after I put him in my actual team of the season at the end of last year. Um, and I think, honestly, I think, Will, you can, you can counter this, but I think it's safe to say he's the most underrated player in the Prem. Especially us being Chelsea fans, we watch him all the time, yeah. and he doesn't make mistakes. Uh, he plays great, good defense, good tackles, um, and he can di- distribute the ball. Uh, he can score. We saw he had a banger against Liverpool to get him back into the game. Um, so yeah, I I really like that, and I had him in my actual team of season last year just because I think he's that class. Yeah, he and he's been kind of overshadowed a little bit by both Conte and Jorginho because they both been super solid for the past few years, but. I think this is the year where he really asserts himself in that Chelsea midfield as as the best one of the three this year, um, which is why I'm going with him. Yeah, I, I love Kovacic. Um, moving on to the front three, we'll start on the left side because I know we disagree with this, but uh, I've got Hyunming Son, uh, one of the best players in the league last year, and I think he continues that because Tottenham only got better this year, and I don't see a reason why he falls off this year. So I, I, I'd go with Son again on the left. Yeah, obviously a great player. I don't think he's going to replicate his form from last year. Um, like, he was absolutely world-class last year, and I think that's what Foden is going to be this year uh, for Man City, which is why I have him. Um, like, he he plays anywhere up front, really, right or left wing, but uh, I slotted him at left wing because that's where he played last season for Pep. He just signed an extension with Man City uh, worth a ton of money, so... I think they're expecting big big things from him as well. In the middle, I have Harry Kane. Um, I know two big money strikers have come into the Premier League to rival him as the best striker, but he's gonna have a full preseason with Spurs this year. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be yeah no emotion. Um, I think I think he's ready. Like he's locked in, and I think a full season of Harry Kane is still better than. Erling Holland or Nunez or Ronaldo or whoever else you want to say. I like that take just because I think Harry Kane, uh, you know, last year he was off to a very slow start at the beginning of the season, still managed to like be considered for team this season by the end. But I think like the the problem with him last year was the transfer stuff and him wanting out of Tottenham. And I think what's gonna what's gonna put him in this year is is his team got way better. And he has a coach I think he respects finally to be honest, and a, and a coach that gets how to play with the false nine type of a striker like Harry Kane. Not the fastest, but can finish and can pass very well. So I, I, I don't disagree with that. 
But I'm actually going to go with Erling Holland. I think it's a safe choice. Um, but Will knows this. The main reason was his reaction to mi- first missing a wide open shot in the Community Shield and then walking off the field. Uh, very disappointed again and basically a friendly. Um, just really mad at himself um, for not having the game that he wanted. I think he can come in and score 20 plus this year. Um, but I think he'll range between like 18 to 18 to 25 goals at the most. Um, and then for me, it's it's Salah on the right. There's that's another safe choice. You could go Mares, um, with Holland up there. You could get loads of assists and loads of goals with De Bruyne distributing the ball to him. But I think Salah can can repeat what he did last year. Yeah, I agree with Salah on the right. He he's finally gonna be like the clear number one for Liverpool now. Uh, that Mane departed, and he's gonna be on PKs. He's gonna be their their main goal scorer. So. Um, I like Salah as well. So yeah, it's gonna wrap it up for the the pre prem pod. It's gonna be a lot of prem content. I feel like this year it's gonna be a fun prem season. To be honest, with all these exciting new players, um, so we're we're excited to watch that this weekend. Will, thanks for coming once again. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's gonna wrap it up. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.